Hello nerds and welcome to Technomancers, a D&D actual play podcast coming to you from the London offices of Elastacloud. I am Ivan Brett and I am joined today by four friends and colleagues who are going to play some Dungeons and Dragons with me. So, joining me is Richard. Hey Ivan, great to be here again. Uh, I am Richard and I'm going to play Linus of Avernus. I'm joined by Andy. Hi, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Andy. Great to be here. And, and I'm going to play uh, Linus of Tavernas. I'm joined by Misha. Uh, yeah, I'm Misha. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty nice to be here, I guess. Uh, I'm just going to play Linus of Bernardis. And Rob. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm Rob. I'm very confused because I'm also playing Linus of Bernardis. <laughs> Sorry, Rob, that's taken. Can you choose a different character? Uh, sure, sure, yeah. I'll, I'll pick a, a different character. I'm thinking um, uh, Nigel Hellscream sounds like a, a great character. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really weird that you choose Linus of Bananas when, when clearly, you know, like, I know you don't want to be derivative, Rob. But, you know, don't, don't copy other people's work. I need to be original. Rob, did I... Yeah. Did I actually get your name wrong after scheming for this for 24 hours? Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes. I think you said, I think, well, I've got two things to say about that. First of all, you've been scheming about this for about a week. Um, and second of all, I think this you said... so horribly wrong. Avernus? Yeah, did you say I Avernus? Know, I, thought, I thought you'd find me Tavernus. They're all called Linus. They just all come from different places. That's what it is. No. We're going to play some Dungeons and Dragons. We have uh, had a session already, so this is the second one. So I'll catch you up with what you've missed. So, let's get started. Last session, the technical solutions company named Cloudballs Inc. entered the offices of the Lamplight Guild to apply for a job. Dickie the Gnome, Nigel the Tiefling, Linus the Dragonborn, and Light Through Rain the Tabaxi impressed the Elephantine Commissioner, Rumpkin Dazzlestunk, enough to be offered a mysterious contract, which they signed, and were then taken to a complicated and arcane-looking factory. Here, the priceless powder called Horifor is created, under the watchful eye of its creator, Griff, a rat folk with no scalp. Griff, believing that somebody is trying to kill him, wants to pass on a secret, the secret of Horifor extraction to Cloudballs. They agree to do this job. They drunk a potion of non-disclosure, and that's where we are now. So, friends... You are in this great clanking factory. In front of you, a machine that looks like one of those videos where you put a marble down the thing and then various different things happen. And at the end, a cuckoo clock goes off. You know those, what are they called? Uh, Rube Goldberg? Rube Goldberg machines. This is, that's, that's the vibe here, all right? We've, we've said there's a, there's a white tiger in a big cage. Um, there's an organ being played by pneumatic fingers, there's a huge glowing fish head running down a marble run, a massive thrumming tank with doors and pipes, glass globes, a little angle poise lamp with a candle snuffer on the end. And in the middle of this, a rat folk with glasses and his scalp cut off, his brain showing, who is kind of um, moving very fast around these factory um, uh, bits and pieces, these, these machines and, 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 and gears and cogs and he's just kind of very, very fast showing you how everything works um, uh, running ahead of you uh, this, is the, this is the corporal synthesizer um, uh, this is where you can monitor the blue cons and, and this of course works through transduction everything, everything alright with that? Everyone clear? just sort of take frantic notes in my notebook <laughs> uh, transduction, T-R-A-N-S yeah. D-U-C yes T-I-O-N, transduction. Transduction. Right. And what does that do? Of course, it uh, nebulates the parentheses. Um, er- er- of course. Yes. Well, this all, this 
all very simple. I'll get to the ex uh, sort of complicated parts later, but what I really need to know from you all is this so far so good, yes? Linus is going to be just sort of standing reasonably close to all of these cogs and stuff and almost just trying to see if any of the cogs in his bag would like match up to, to kind of replicate some of this stuff on a, a little bit more of a smaller scale. Interesting. Uh, investigation check, please. Absolutely. Uh, that is a 14. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think you definitely have the bits and pieces that could definitely replicate um yeah the scale that this is on is enormous yeah. but you have you know you can see some various cogs and gears that you could build in smaller scale if you wanted to without the power but certainly with the same accuracy okay. yeah um griff is um he's quite noticeably stressed he is he wipes uh, his forehead with the back of his ratty wrist um and takes a, a swig from a little hip flask that he had in a, a pocket don't ask how he has pockets <laughs> yeah, I think he's had them cut um, he <laughs> re replaces this uh, uh, gristle covered hip flask and carries on um, right yes now so the tiger he walks off towards the, um, the cage with the tiger in it uh, the tiger is known as Galantis Jr you have to refer to him as Galantis Jr he likes it <coughs> that way the gecko he points at a small gecko that's running around the inside of the cage it's called Edwin Reynolds Edwin Edwin Reynolds Edwin Reynolds um, he gives it a clang, and both the gecko and the tiger sort of snap their eyes towards him. Um, and he takes a step back, takes another swig from his uh, from his hip flask. Uh, uh, are they are they here voluntarily? Define voluntarily. Did they choose to be here of their own accord? They they chose to be here f from a number of options. What were the other options? Oh, no, there weren't any other. The number was one. One options. I don't think that's how options usually work. They were given one positive choice and they made it for themselves. Anyway, they love it. I, he slams the uh, the bars again and they both kind of uh, reel back slightly. A, a kind of crackle of static energy kind of uh, jostles between the various uh, bars in this cage. Uh, how, how fluffy is Gigantic Junior? Um... <laughs> Galantis Jr. Galantis. I, <laughs> I mean, I can I can tell you how fast Gigantic Jr. is if you want, but that's a. I'd like to know Gigan both, please. Gigantic <laughs> Julia. Yeah, no, I mean, give me. I, I don't know if there's a check needed here. Yeah, why don't you give me a nature check just to see if you can work out how fluffy compared to your average white tiger? Okay. <laughs> uh, Twenty-one. Wow. Yeah. No, you get a you get a really close look at Galantis Jr.'s fur, and he looks in quite fine fettle actually. He's um, you know perhaps a little bit stuck in here but he does have beautifully lush fur uh, that ripples with muscle um, he is he's looking quite well uh, you can tell he has his omega supplements and, and everything else he's hes a powerful tiger hmm. so, is that what makes your hang on who here has fur me. light through rain is, 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 is omega supplements the key here do you think <laughs> I, I think so it's part of a well balanced diet <coughs> including plenty of you know mainly fish but in the absence of fish, Omega supplements will do. Galantis Jr. looks you deep in the eyes, uh, like through rain, with a kind of an understanding that only felines can share. Yeah. I, I'm just gonna, it's not really staring back, because that's quite rude as a cat, but can I sort of 
I, I suppose stare back but blink slowly at him in a kind of comforting fashion. Give me an animal handling check, please. Five. <laughs> he growls. Stared too much. Um, in fact, he does that thing that cats do, where he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he just begins. He kind of his his back arches. You see the fur begin to ripple on his spine as he kind of decides that you are not to be on his patch. You yeah. should probably get back to your own garden quite soon. <laughs> Dickie, Dickie, do you remember when we built that um, fluffy wanderer deflector? Uh, do you know what, Nigel? Um, we have made so many inventions over the years, it doesn't spring to mind, but um, maybe uh, we should let the tiger out. Yeah. What do you think? Well, uh, yeah. Not a, not a great idea, I'm afraid. I mean, he, he won't do what he needs to be doing, generating all of this energy, if he is uh, out and about. If you replaced it with a mechanical tiger. Ah, a great idea. Ooh. Yes, I shall get on and think about building that ever so ever so soon. He takes another big swig from his uh, hip flask. Nigel, we can we can we can repurpose out of turnips. We can make a biomechanical tiger. That's right, but how are we gonna get the cat energy? <sighs> I think we just need to steal the cat energy from Galanthus. Galan Galan uh, Galactic. Galantis, Gigantic Junior. Uh, so yes. we could make a sort of cage that uses static electricity to extract the energy from Galantis and make a much more um, uh, 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 ethical tiger that is a, a machine that does the same job in another cage. As long as we keep Galantis in a separate cage that is similarly cruel, everything should be much more above board. Let's do that. Ni Nigel, how many turnips do you have on you? Turn, uh, turn out your pockets. I, I start patting my pockets, seriously. Uh, I think I ate the last one. Uh, I've still got half of one left. Do you think that's enough for a tiger? We might have to plant it and see if it'll grow more. <laughs> You're going to plant half a turnip. Is the floor plantable? The floor is um, concrete, so you could have a go. <laughs> <laughs> it might be hard to pick this one, Dickie. <laughs> Any uh, tools you want to use to try and break ground here? Yeah. Well, well, Linus? <laughs> what have you got in your bag? Um, not a, I've got a few hammers, but nothing nothing more than that, really. Well, start hammering. What are you wasting time for? Well, these are these are more um, for delicate work on, on light metals, not necessarily concrete floors, you see. But how are we going to get our tiger, then? What... How exactly does the tiger make energy? <laughs> For the turnips. I'm gonna turn to the the rat folk and with the, his brain hanging out and kind of almost redirect the question back at him. <laughs> he's leaning quite heavily on uh, a piece of apparatus and he's you can see he's sweating quite hard. Uh, takes another swig from his hip flask and he just goes, <laughs> "Sorry, could you repeat the question, please?" How does the tiger make energy. Well, uh, you see, it's all to do with the way he chases the gecko. Um, so it, 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 it's quite hard to explain, but if you imagine a, a, an aerovocation drive, um, beta tested, of course, but, but not completely perfect. Anyway, he aerovocates, and the aerovocation <laughs> uh, increases the duplicity of the, um, uh, the Rickmond for coordinator. Oh, Nigel, I've had a great... Should we upgrade his brain? Linus, yeah. you had some cogs. 
put some cogs in there. Hurry, hurry. You're, you're going to put some cogs in the tiger's brain? I was thinking in the rat brain. In the rat folks brain, yeah. Yes, um, yes. Uh, he sort of walks, staggers towards you. Uh, he's, he sort of puts his hand on Nigel on your shoulder. You can see that he's kind of slightly out of breath. He goes, yes, um, a cog or two might uh, just do, do what I need, actually. Just kind of, I can make some space. He begins to pull both of his lobes apart. Just sort of makes his... <laughs> just slide in there, will you? <laughs> I'll, I'll just take out one of the, the 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 smallest cog that I have and go to almost go to put it in and then just hand it over to 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 Dicky and just say, um, you, 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 it was your idea. Uh, so Dicky's going to take the cog from Linus and he's going to he's going to ask ask the rat folk to bend down, bend his head down, and he's going to squeeze it into the gap through the hemispheres. He, um, he leans forward, you can see he has to like, place one hand on the ground, you can see he's, he's really un- unsteady on his feet. And you're just going to slide the cog in between his lobes, is that correct? Yeah. A medicine check, please. <laughs> this is a sort of operation of sword, isn't it? <laughs> oh. Oh. Go on. There's no good way to look at these numbers. It's the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Five. Five. You squidge the cog into his brain, and he makes a, an awful squeal. Ah! Uh, you stand back, and he kind of staggers backwards, takes a look at you. You see his eyes can't quite focus. He pulls out his flask once more and takes a hefty, hefty glug from his... I must admit, I'm not feeling particularly well. Perhaps it's time for a lunch break. He staggers backwards and falls against this tank, which kind of clangs as he moves backwards. You hear some rattling inside, and then he staggers forward again, right up to you, looking you straight in the eye, Dickie. But he can't focus on your face. He seems to be kind of searching for something. He goes, I think, perhaps the, um, perhaps it's lunchtime. Hey, I gotta try. maybe we should take that back out. I'm going to try and catch him before he falls over. Okay, yeah, maybe a dexterity saving throw, please. Uh, that's a four. <laughs> uh, yeah, he falls. He falls forward, straight on his, on on the ground. Uh, you hear a sickening squelch as you as he lands. You notice his brain just <laughs> jolts forward slightly, whereas the rest of his head just stays exactly where it is. Oh, oh. yeah. Do you want to get your cog back? Shall I? Shall I take it back out again? I don't think it's healthy. That that might be the best idea. Um, is he all right? <laughs> is it really sleight of hand or medicine to fish it out without doing further damage? It depends if you want to do it safely or without him noticing. I was thinking safely. Okay, that'd be a medicine check. Okay. Just, just <laughs> imagining light through rain has just like extended their claws oh, yeah. to just oh, to try and like claw. really yeah, slowly scrape it out. Eleven. Um, you get the cog back. <laughs> But I'm not going to pretend you haven't got some neurons along with it. Yeah, I think it's it's, um, it's a little bit sticky. It's a bit chips and dips situation. Do you know what I mean? It's like you've, you've kind of got a nicely loaded a loaded oh. nacho at this point. Oh. Hold it out to Linus on the end of my claw. Just, you might want to wash that before you put it away again. Um, you can you can hold on to that for me for now, please. I'll wash it. You can add one unwashed cog into your inventory if you like. <laughs> Absolutely putting it in my inventory. 
I like my cogs washed. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I find them altogether better. Yeah, so you're lying there. He is face down. Um, and uh, not moving. You know, it's a little tiny bit of dribble is coming in from is, his mouth. Is, can we tell if he's conscious or not? What was his name again? Sorry. Uh, Griff. Is Griff conscious? Do you want to... Do you want to lean down and give him medicine? Yes, yeah, I'll try and roll him over to look at his face. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> that's a 17. Um, as you roll him over, his eyes are kind of wide, um, distanced as before, not moving, and there is froth uh, in his mouth. Uh, of, uh, pale froth. Okay. I would like to pick up the little flask that he was drinking and sniff it to see, if, mm -hmm. see what it smells like, see what he was drinking. Sure. Um, so I guess this would be an investigation check. Okay. Uh, that's a twenty-four. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, it, it it does smell odd. I mean, you've as a dragonborn monk. I mean, do you have much experience with alcohol? Is that something you sort of know about? Um, I I feel like I would know of some kinds of of alcohol. Um, definitely. I mean, I I met Dicky and and Nigel in a bar, so. I, I would have been to other places beforehand. Um, where I have some. It was a boba tea shop, though. Right, just selling okay. like, delicious protein. <laughs> yeah. No, this is no. This definitely okay. So, with any experience of alcohol, this, this definitely smells like it might be fermented. It has a very, very bitter, acrid smell. Um, it it could well be a, a strong spirit of some sort. Um, you don't recognise it, um, but it it does smell like strong, whatever it is. Okay. Uh, I'll hand it over to the rest of the party and just say, I, I, I think this this is a very strong alcohol. And, and just sorry, just to say, with your seventeen uh, medicine check from before, he is not right. Breathing. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, <laughs> probably buried the lead there slightly, didn't okay. I? <laughs> um, okay, I'll, I'll try and. You want to loot his body? I mean, <laughs> do, you, do you think it might be poisoned? Mm. I. I wouldn't know. I don't, I don't have too much experience with poisons, you see. Um, anybody else? I mean, I could try some and see if I die as well. And then we'll... <laughs> um, please, please don't do not do that. Um, meanwhile, I'm going to sort of like try and check his airways as, as best as I can. <laughs> you bring the cog in yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> Give me an airways check. <laughs> <laughs> Stick a um, cog in. Yes. Yeah, it, that'll be Sideways another medicine, medicine check, okay. I think. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, oh, only a nine this time. You're not really sure what you're doing with rat mm -hmm. folks. I mean, you kind of understand how airways work, but not particularly how rat folk work. So you put him in the best you can describe as the recovery position. But um, it doesn't feel very good for his brain. Like, it, he's a bit like one of those, you know, you get those cups where you've got a little ball attached on a string and you've got to sort of, yeah. like, <laughs> do a funny, like, ice cream cone. And the ball lands in the top. I used to love those. To that, yeah, they're good, oh. aren't they? Have you ever tried doing that with a rat? <laughs> <laughs> and its brain. You, you really have to keep the rat upright. So you put him in the recovery position, but you notice his brain just sort of slightly... It's quite body horror, this podcast. Should we put a content warning on it? What do you think? We put a content warning on all our podcasts. <laughs> they're always body horror. Weirdly, they're weirdly, all body horror. products are all body horror. <laughs> Even like the, the data products you produce are body horror. Yeah. It's a little known fact, actually, that data is just body horror. Yeah, of a sort. 
Um, he doesn't look better than when he was lying on his back or front. He looks <laughs> decreasingly well, I would say. Okay. Um, so Dicky goes over to him and slaps him around the face. <laughs> okay, give me an attack roll, please, unarmed. Oh, just just a little slap. I mean, I'm only okay. tiny. Okay. Even though I think I'm huge. <laughs> Gentle just give me um, just a little attack roll then, I guess. I <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, you slap him in the face. His his head kind of turns with you, but he doesn't respond at all. Right, okay. Yeah, I didn't want to completely destroy him with the with the slap. <laughs> yeah, you knock him out and get like, 100 XP. I made right? his brain fall out of his head. I slap the brain like, from his head. Broken his cheekbone. <laughs> um, no, so I... Um, so I say to him, "So, do you do you feel smarter now?" Does he say anything back, or just dribble? He does dribble a bit. Yeah, yeah. I was being him. Sorry, my lack of response was not that I was thinking. I just I was trying to. I was doing a good impression of him. Is, um, is he breathing? No, Are you... not breathing. I mean, can... I think he should be breathing. Breathing is normally quite essential. Linus, have you got any cogs that help with breathing? Um, I, I do not, but I oh, I could try and use some magic. I, I can cure some wounds, but I'm I'm not really sure what uh, what wounds he's, he's got to cure. That that is <laughs> that is true. Um, and there's a bit of it missing where we pulled it out with the cog. That that is uh -oh. also true. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll like kneel down next to uh, uh, next to to Dicky and kind of start to try and cast uh, cure wounds. Okay, excellent. Burn a first level spell, please. Um, yeah, you can do a D eight plus your spell casting modifier, which as a yeah. So with an artificer, that is one D eight plus three, so ten. Yeah, ten. Roll a seven. Okay. You feel the... Uh, what does it look like for you to cast Cure Wounds, Linus? Because everything, all your magic is sort of slightly mechanical. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm imagine, imagining it almost like um, lots of like small little tools, like um, where I've worked it with like leather work and stuff. If there's like wounds, you get like small little um, like sewing needles that kind of like try to stitch things back together. Um, that, that kind of thing, like forging hammers and things if like bones need to be replet like uh, reset and all, all kinds of things like that so very much just like it, it's not necessarily pretty but it's effective and painless yeah so dicky you, you're sitting next to him at this point kneeling next to him i suppose and you see this sudden flurry almost magical flurry of sutures and scalpels and little hammers and uh, he's just his hands are kind of moving over griff's body trying to heal things and fix things um and it looks like you are healing the wounds, fixing the, the broken parts, uh, sort of reinstalling re the brain inside the skull. But there is no response from him. Uh, the wounds have been successfully successfully dressed, but he's not back. Hmm. Linus will just kind of sit back for a second and just sort of like sigh, just while sitting on his knees, like looking at the. At the rat focus, as if he's like just run out of options. Okay. So, so we've got a dead rat There's an alcohol. and a live tiger and a, and a newt. No, a gecko. 
Yes. From behind you, you hear um, the pneumatic fingers on the organ play a very dramatic chord, half diminished, kind of, um, and then they begin to just fully like Takata and Fugue their way through some very exciting and then you notice some of the fingers begin to like swing off the organ and just begin to give you like uh, on light through rain on your back just give you a sort of thrumming slightly crazy massage as they begin to just thrum on the back of your um, shoulders and back that's that's unsettlingly quite pleasant one of the arms swings around, uh, pointing directly towards you. Make me a dexterity saving throw, please. Um, dexterity saving throw. <laughs> That's a nat one. Oh okay. dear. It, the uh, the <laughs> arm's elbow. Having been essentially petted gently by, by people. <laughs> <laughs> like through rain begins to sort of like dial up noise as she gets this wonderful <laughs> massage. Purring. At this point, purring. <laughs> At this exact point, the elbow of this pneumatic arm just smacks you in the forehead. Um, and you take uh, about five points of bludgeoning damage. Uh, and you fall prone. That's... <laughs> too squishy for this. The, uh, the rest of you, what do you do? Uh, I'll immediately run over and, again, just make sure that um, Light Through Rain is okay now that she's sitting, well, laying on the floor after just getting hit in the face. I'll just make yeah. sure that she's got, again, no obvious wounds. Ow. Also, Hit crouching me. down to avoid the <laughs> the arm swinging <laughs> yeah. out again. The arm swings back in like a perfect slap motion as it tries to slap you, but you drop underneath and, and see to, to Light Through Rain. I mean, Light Through Rain, how are you looking right now? Are you actually very hurt? It's half of my hit points, so yes. <laughs> I think Light Through is looking very dazed and just a bit like, the pneumatic The pneumatic arms are fully playing jazz right now as more arms kind of join the first ones and just start smashing the same buttons at the same time, playing them twice as loud because that's how organs work. <laughs> uh, the pipes of the organ are sort of like almost vibrating as they're being played so heavily and the other arms that aren't playing the organ are kind of swinging around, pushing arms into different positions. One arm is playing a beautiful little trill and then just gets like smacked out of the way. The other one just starts smashing all the notes at the same time. It is, um, it's not what you saw when you entered the room, I'll tell you that. Either that's the next phase of it doing something, or that's linked to the dead rat. And I'm not sure either's a good thing. I, I, I agree. Um, do you think there's any way we can stop this? And I'll call over to Dickie and, and Nigel and be like, "Can you can you see what's powering this thing?" Uh, so, uh, Nigel, do you think it's uh, Griff's brain still? Maybe, maybe if we remove his brain. It's the tiger. <laughs> ah, yes, that would be like the off switch. Let's create an off switch. Okay. Okay, so um, Dicky's gonna Dicky's gonna fumble around in um, in Griff's head, uh, see whether can remove the brain and discover something there that might be mechanical even. You, just to be clear, you're, you're gonna try and pull the brain out of the rat. To see yes. If there's an off switch in there. Yes. Okay, yeah, good. I mean, it doesn't feel like a medicine check, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's, it's 
it's fairly academic in removing the brain. We've already said it's going to kind of come out. So I suppose what we're looking at here is an investigation check to see if you can find any clearly labelled switches on the underside. Anything that looks off. I've got nine twenty-three. Twenty-three. That's fantastic. You will find everything that's underneath this brain. You pull the brain. I'm not going to create an off switch just because you got a 23, but it doesn't matter how you look at me. Like that, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's not how this game works. You, you pull out the brain from his head and you sort of start to size it up. You can see that it has been, um, it's got patches on it and it has been surgically altered, uh, enlarged and gorged. You can even see um, sort of uh, marks of uh, needle marks where perhaps it's been injected with things. Um, you pull it out, you, you sever it from the inside of the skull. Oh my god, the inside of the skull of this rat. As you toy around with it slightly. As you do this, you can see that the, 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 the tiger, Galantis Jr., is becoming more and more uh, unsettled. Edwin Reynolds is starting to run circuits around the inside of the cage like one of those daredevil uh, motorbike riders. Um, and Galantis Jr. just kind of roars at you as you, as you slowly dissect his master. Um, the organ <laughs> plays uh, a, a perfect like lightning cracks outside as you hold up this brain. Um, yeah, you're not finding any off switches, Richard. Uh, well, Dickie, I should say. But you are. I mean, you can add a, bra- a rat's brain to your inventory if you'd like. Uh, no, I think I'll just leave it there. Mm-hmm. Just on the ground, then. <laughs> yeah, just on yeah, the. Oh. Or, or maybe I'll give it to Nigel as a gift. Pop it, pop it over to Nigel. Nigel, you're going to put that in your inventory? Uh, I, I'll stamp it with my rejected stamp. But... <laughs> 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 oh, so I'll give it to Light through Rain. We need another one, though. Linus, better next time. Uh, did, did Light through Rain say that uh, they would take it? Only if nobody else wants it. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll roll it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll, I'll try and catch it and put it into my inventory. <laughs> if you could just both give me acrobatics checks, one to throw, one to catch. We'll do a joint one. You've got to get... Uh, it should be easy enough. You've got to get 22 or more oh, combined. 16. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, 36 will do it. Um, yeah, like a, like a beautiful uh, bit of cricket fielding you you lob the brain <laughs> like the <Sorry. for> rain <laughs> catches it one of the arms of the organ player tries to catch it too but you swipe <laughs> it out of the air before it can so, um, i'm putting it in as a slightly squashed rat's brain with how oh, can you put rejected rejected rat's brain <laughs> uh, while this tomfoolery is happening uh, and i'm still trying to stop uh, light through lane uh, light through rain from getting hit in the head again um, I'm going to cast Mage Hand and just kind of start trying to swat away any of the hands that are like trying to hit us, but also <laughs> in doing so, crawl along the floor to see if there's anything that seems to be powering this uh, this organ. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, I think as you know, Mage Hand's not going to have any strength mm-hmm. to it, but you can 100% kind of distract and confuddle. Um, yeah, so you want to crawl towards the, the central column where the arms are springing yes, out yeah. from? Alright, great. Yeah, you can crawl towards that. Uh, with the mage hand as a distraction, I think you're able to do this quite easily. Um, give me a stealth check with advantage, okay. please. Uh, stealth. 
we go. Uh, so, how does this work? Because I have heavy armor, which gives me disadvantage, so it's a straight roll. Oh, it's back to so, normal. Oh, yeah. the, the first dice was a 19. Yeah, excellent. You get on your hands on these, and you, you army crawl towards this central column, a kind of uh, brass, big wide brass column, about as wide as maybe a lamppost. Um, and you can see that the each it's got a series of kind of bracelets, each one attached to one of the arms, that spin madly, powered from the inside, each one kind of spinning in different directions as each arm moves. Um, but at the bottom of it, you can see a fizzing and crackling. And the, uh, the column itself kind of shakes and moves. Uh, something is out of control here. You can see quite clearly, though, that the, the arm at the top is not attached to anything, so that the power source will come through the ground. Okay. Um, I would like to get out my Tinker's tools and kind of try and mm -hmm. where that last cog is, the one that's like um, just crackling and stuff, I'm going to try and put my like chisel against it and then just with the hammer just smash it to try and dislodge the cog to stop all the arms flying oh, out. Excellent. I don't know well, if like, at least it sounds like you're using strength. Yeah. Sounds like you're using strength, not dexterity here. Yeah. Do you have the option to do a Tinker's Tools check, but with strength? Um, that should be on your character sheet. I, it should query the ability when you click Tinker's I will Tools. Click tinker's tools. Oh, yeah, attribute strength. Yeah, I will mm -hmm. do that. Uh, that is a 20, non that. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you stick the chisel in, and you get it on your hammers and just... <coughs> hard between two of the different bracelets, and the ar some of the arms begin to slow down, some of them begin to kind of grab... As they sort of slump, they kind of grab at the uh, the keys of this organ and kind of pull some keys of the organ away. Some of the hands actually manage to hold on and hang loosely at bridging between the um, the column that you're at and the organ itself. But they sort of drape and fall down. Uh, you have stopped this particular part of the factory. The rest seems to be chugging away fairly normally, but now it all seems to be slowing down as well. Whatever element... He didn't explain. Well, he did explain, but he used words you didn't understand. Whatever element of the factory process this <coughs> is, stopping it is going to begin to affect the rest of it. The conveyor belt just to your right now begins to slow down, and one of these great big fish heads kind of falls off its little tray and just <laughs> slaps onto the ground next to you. We're, um, uh, at least we're not getting attacked anymore. Can I use one of my, my psionic powers? So, nomadic mind... Um, mm -hmm. I can dispatch part of my psyche into the newosphere. Uh, collective vista of minds. The newosphere. Collective vista of minds and knowledge. Um, essentially, when I focus on this discipline, I can choose a skill or tool and get proficiency with it until my focus ends. Um, so I would like to focus on, uh, I guess, investigating and become more proficient in investigating. You extend your mind to the newosphere. Um where a, I, I'm imagining this a bit like an Argos, where a series of tabaxi uh, identical to you sit in plastic wrapping, each with a different word above them. Uh, you see Arcana, yes. Animal Handling, Athletics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's one called Investigation that looks exactly like you, but in its hand it holds a, a large plastic magnifying glass. Yeah. It says, now with movable arms. <laughs> Yes, I, I think what you can see from the outside is that like Thurian looks even more dazed than usual, like she's having a really good stare at something that no one else can see. <laughs> the eyes uh, are flicking slightly. <laughs> you you bust open the the perfect packaging and then return back from the newer sphere uh, as a as a more investigative tabaxi than you were before. Yeah, it's slowing down, but I think perhaps we should try and see 
if that's because we stopped the organ or as well as um, I guess is it linked to, like is there a, a link from the organ to the next bit that I can investigate or uh, yeah give me an investigation check to look at this column and see if you can figure out what this bit links to specifically is a 16 yeah as you look around you see that the the two things that have slowed down you having uh stopped this this arm mechanism are the conveyor belt bringing the fish heads in and the conveyor belt which is um bringing the glass globes to the end of the machine where the horophore is um filling the globes and as you watch you see that the horophore is still spilling through very fast but it's totally filled the globe and actually it's spilling out the top of the globe and now onto the ground and the area on the uh sort of output area of this big factory the floor is now covered in this glowing powder which kind of glistens and begins to kind of hiss and almost smoke as it's on the ground. The uh, the glass globe that's slowly being moved on the conveyor belt in front of the um, little out pipe is just completely uh, overfilled now and continually filling more. Then the arm, the Anglepoise arm, uh, which with a sort of red hot little cone comes over and just presses down on the, not on the glass as it's supposed to, but on the horophore spilling out and just bursts into flame. Uh, and then suddenly there's just sparks and flame as the horophore bits of powder just aerate uh, in flame and then fly in, as they were before, but now on fire around the area and onto the ground as well. Oh dear. Uh, why do I feel like we're going to get blamed for this? Um, I feel like this is... Because it's our fault. I mean, it was his fault that he died. He looks mildly outraged at this. <laughs> but there's a he did look mildly outraged before. Put the skull and fill up the. We're looking for a new container. You're going to take the rat skull and let the horror four fill the rat skull. <laughs> That's a great idea, mm. Nigel. Mm. Yeah. Because <sighs> it's spilling on the floor. I mean, oh, we need to stop it spilling on the floor. What, anyone else got a? Uh, I mean, it's like a bag, I suppose. It does I seem think. better than the floor. M- mean, you should try. Meanwhile. Uh, Linus is going to look for an off switch for the horror four kind of like coming in or any way which which we can block it. Okay, excellent. Two things are going on at once. (laughs) That's a perception check for you, Linus. And uh, Nigel, sounds like an athletics check for you to lug the dead body of the rat folk over (laughs) so his skull is is, uh, (laughs) directly below the output (coughs) pipe. Athletics? Mm. Hmm. That was a... Oh, wow. That's 20. No, it's Guys, you're rolling so well now. Okay, so uh, this is going on at once. Um, now, uh, not being attacked by all these Anglepoise arms, you begin to you, you run, Linus, around the outside to this great central thrumming tank where there are various readings and that kind of thing. You can quite quickly find that there are lots and lots of different controls, levers, wheels, and that kind of thing all along the front readout of this uh, machine. Now... Griff did show you all of this, but unfortunately he showed it to you in the way that he showed you everything else, which is to say, already assuming you understood it before he started, which is, of course, the key to teaching well. Uh, So (laughs) um, you found it, but you haven't necessarily identified what you need to press. On the other side of this, uh, the other side of this great big thrumming tank, we we turn back to you, Nigel, as you drag his body towards the fire. Um, (laughs) You begin to uh, inhale this kind of very kind of sparkly smoke as you uh, get closer and closer to the source of the fire. You can easily pull him, but you will have to now pull him into the source of the fire, which is, you know, this is an energy source. It is quite hot. In fact, the the flames are kind of yellow and bright and almost like shimmering um, with heat. 
But you can definitely get the body there. It's just the body might cook a little <laughs> bit. I can. It's fine. As this is happening, can can Linus just shout over whilst he's looking at all of these uh, like switches and stuff, and just be like, uh, "Did did did anyone um like just check his pockets to see if he's got like an instruction manual or something over there?" He's holding a clipboard. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, he's got a clipboard. What, what does it say? What where the like what, what all these switches and levers mean? Oh, I'll take a look at the clipboard. What did it say? I've got okay, a nice I mean, light. Beautiful lamp light. <laughs> Don't hold it too close. It does begin to smoke. Um, yeah, I mean, give me a. Oh gosh, this is an investigation check, isn't it? Um, there's quite a lot to read. It's, it's quite a high um, difficulty. This one. Uh, Twenty-four. Goodness me! You, uh, yeah, you look through. There's a lot of pages that just seem to be listing um, a variety of uh, clues. One of the pages. Let me just get this. Hang on a second. Yeah, one of the pages says, "Poisoned thorn in my pillow, pushed down the stairs, choked on a bean. Someone's following me, closing all the windows. Another poisoned thorn." You turn past that page and you see a, a perfect diagram of the exact readout that Linus is talking about. And there are various different uh, sort of arrows and words and links. Um, you feel like this might be the exact key to uh, turning off the machine. Oh, I think I might have found the, the instruction manual, Linus. Um, uh, maybe I should stop trying to fill this skull up with the lamp light stuff. <laughs> but I'll come back to that later. And then, and uh, Nigel will go towards Dicky and go, Dicky, look, I found something. It might be worth something. <laughs> uh, but, but, but we should make a battery out of his head, Nigel. Well, we'll <laughs> afterwards, but it's all on fire at the moment. <laughs> can I just? Can you fill in a little gap in my imagination here, uh, Nigel? Are you dragging the uh, Griff back with you? Yeah. Oh, have you left? You have to. No, oh, you brought him with you. Okay. Yeah, holding hands with this poor guy. <laughs> just, <laughs> just imagine leaving a trail of mouth <laughs> broth and <laughs> like holding his hand just from the inside of his open head, <laughs> just like, dragging him <laughs> like a bowling ball. <laughs> hand coming out of the mouth. Oh. You've somehow managed you to find your way through his skull out his mouth, so your hand is just there, like waving. <laughs> oh dear. All right. Yeah. You're taking the, the, the clipboard to Linus? Well, yeah, to the rest of the party. Oh, actually, I was going to take it to Dicky, uh, ask him how we monetize it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Linus is on the other side of the room with flames around him trying to turn it off. Can I sort of saunter over to Linus and like... <laughs> well, Dicky's Dickie's thinking now about how to harvest rats at scale um, so that we've got enough rat skulls um, to make rat batteries. Um, rat trees. Yeah, rat trees. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You are a marketing department now. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. I didn't have enough to do already, Richard. That's fine. Thanks very much. Rat trees. I love it. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm kind of um, fiddling around with, uh, with the pieces of rat skull that, um, that Nigel's given to me. Um, and uh, it's not very solid, is it? It's, the rat skull. Yeah. 
Decreasingly so. I mean, I'm enjoying the idea that you're there trying to fit his pieces of skull together like a sort of 3D uh, puzzle as half the room burns. The, the other half is kind of like uh, twitching hands grabbing onto a rapidly disintegrating organ. And then on the other side, line is being like, I'm trying to turn off the machine! And you're just there being like, mm, maybe we could monetize this. Um, so I think, I think I'm deep in thought, but I'm going to turn around to Nigel and say, um, what do you think we should do for the warranty period? You know what? I, I I feel really strongly that we should not warrant anything if anyone has modified it after our initial deployment. So um, this fire over here, for example, definitely it explodes not as you point it. Light through rain. Does this does this instruction manual have a off fire switch? I think so. Do you like to read it? Um, can I take the instruction manual over to over to Linus and the buttons? <laughs> yes, of course. You you take it over, leaving your two bosses there with the skull. Uh, between you, you can do an investigation check to see if you can uh, transpose one to the other, map which button's which, and find the correct off switch. This will be uh, if you both of you roll, I'll give you a sort of two persons advantage, where you just both roll normally, but I'll take the highest. Was this roll. investigation? Yeah. Did you say investigation? Yeah. Uh, I got an eight. I got a twenty. Night Through Rain, you really like this drawing. It's a really lovely drawing. You're really impressed. It's got lovely straight lines and some curvy lines. That we should press the big red button. (laughs) The big red button is marked uh, kill switch, but also it's got like (laughs) flame marks beneath it. Um, There are are other buttons that look a little little more hopeful than that, as far as you can see, Linus. There is one marked sprinkler, which sounds quite interesting. uh, And there's also one marked shutdown. I'm going to press the sprinkler. Sprinkler one first. Let's see oh, what okay. happens. Yeah, you you press the sprinkler, and uh, as expected, uh, some sort of metal uh, hoses drop down from the ceiling, kind of hanging and swinging as they fall, and then they begin to spray you uh, with a cold water. Not just you, actually. It's not. It's um. not specifically you, Linus. It's mostly you. <laughs> I was going to say, can I attempt to immediately try and hide underneath Linus from the water? Because <laughs> yeah, I hate getting me- wet. <laughs> Give me an acrobatics check, please. I'm guessing this 12? is that sort of hide, not not a stealth hide. Yeah, st- uh, twelve is enough to definitely kind of like slide between Linus's legs. Uh, Linus, are you okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm already aware that Light Through Rain is not a big fan of water after we walked through the first room, so I. Re- <laughs> I think Light Through Rain is sort of curled around your ankle and clinging on very tightly. Yeah. and and then I'll I'll wait for the the fire to to die down as much as it, it can do and then I'll press the, the <laughs> other big shutdown button. Okay, yeah, you, you watch for a while. The, the water's coming down in various mm-hmm. different places and it is beginning to bring the fire down but on the other side the water is spraying directly on the place where the fish heads are coming in and just spraying each fish head off the <laughs> conveyor belt and splopping in a big pile on the floor. Um, you've got quite a copious robe, don't you? So you're actually managing to cover yeah. um, light through rain fairly well from this water. But yeah, things are calming down slightly, having said that. This factory's not working at optimum um, <laughs> capacity right now. It's not It's not doing great, but there is a big shutdown button if you want to press uh, that. Yeah. yeah, I'll press it. Okay. You hit the shutdown button and you notice that things begin to stop. The thrumming tank in the middle uh, begins to kind of rattle and shudder. Um, you hear a kind of boo 
as various different machines begin to stop. Um, the uh, the cage near where you are, Dickie and Nigel, um, gives a strange... <laughs> and then a bit of the metal swings open. And you see that the door uh, housing both... Uh, I'm going to get their names right. The door housing Galantis Jr. and Edwin Reynolds uh, is open. Galantis Jr. takes one padding foot forward and his head sort of comes round the side of the cage and he just goes... As his um, upper lip begins to sort of ripple hungrily as he looks at you two. Then the the central um, uh, tank shudders to a stop and another door opens, swinging slowly and then suddenly faster until it falls all the way back on its hinges. And inside, you don't see a, a collection of cogs, wheels, engines and clockwork. You see a very small, very warm and damp room with a little bed and um, uh, a series of buckets and uh, a hatch that comes in and a hatch that goes out and one slightly surprised looking redfin she has green skin, she has red crests, she wears a small hempen um, uh what's the word, a sort of a smock, a small hempen smock. And she has a very thin, bony face. Uh, It smells fishy, it smells uh, salty in there. She looks up at you. (coughs) Oh. Um. Hi. Hi. Oh, I don't think you're there, actually, Dickie. I think you're kind of being attacked on the other side of the um, factory by a tiger, or at least approached by a tiger. You can say hi. It's just you're, if you do it, you'll probably be saying hi to the tiger. Oh, that's the... <laughs> hi, tiger. Hi, kitty. <laughs> the Galantis Jr. slowly um, walks towards you. Yeah, the, the, the tiger advances towards you, Richard, just a tiny, tiny bit. And the redfin stands up and makes to leave the room and that's where we'll end today's session Exciting! you've been listening to Technomancers a D&D podcast you can subscribe to hear the next episode when it comes out and until then see you later nerds